0: Welcome savvy investor to Skyline Views.
1: Hey, welcome back to Skyline Views. I'm Chris Mills. My guest today is a multifamily investor, entrepreneur, vice president of investments with Marcus and Millichap, Matthew Drain. Matt, how are you doing today?
2: Great, Chris. How are you?
1: Doing very well. Doing very well. This is exciting for me. Guys, Matt and I go way back. So, Uh, I'll let you introduce yourself to the people and you can tell them a little bit about yourself.
2: Sure. Yeah. As Chris said, we go back at least 10 years. I spent a lot of time in DC, so our relationship uh, goes way back. But um, thanks for having me this morning. My name is Matt Drain. I currently live in Columbus, Ohio, uh, from Cincinnati. I spent the last 15 years of my life in DC, and I'm a father, a husband, a real estate entrepreneur. A multifamily broker. So I help people buy and sell apartment buildings. And uh, I love real estate. And that's why uh, Chris and I believe uh, our relationship really, you know, struck struck up uh, quickly because of our passion for real estate, and also just uh, finance in general. So happy to be here. And thanks for having me. Absolutely.
1: So we're also talking about the Columbus, Ohio, MSA so we're gonna dive into those numbers but uh, Matt is there anything you want to to go into first before we dive into Columbus or uh, should we start there
2: no let's dive in uh, you know my team and I were largely focused on helping owners and operators uh, and advising them during these challenging times um, last year of course was an anomaly of a year for many of us but uh, we've been helpful in uh, guiding clients along the path so happy to jump right in Cool,
1: cool. Let's do it. Let's start a, a little high level. What what did twenty twenty look like for Columbus, and you know, along with some of the numbers, let's also kind of talk about what separates Columbus from you know different regions uh, of the U.S.
2: Sure. So uh, Columbus, it followed the trend of many other metros throughout the country. Um, Q one and Q two was fairly slow from a transaction standpoint. Uh, fewer deals uh, were done in those first two quarters of 2020. Um, Like many markets uh, lending, uh, it didn't fall off a cliff, but it definitely paused for a moment. Uh, So as we all know, when the capital flow uh, takes a pause or a break, it's harder to transact. Uh, You're limited to cash only transactions, which um, not a lot of folks fall into that category. Uh, So uh, I would say for the market at large, as well as for uh, our team, the first half of the year was fairly slow. We spent a lot of time just having conversations with the owners, uh, learning about their operations, uh, seeing how they were navigating just the changing uh, daily dynamic in terms of rent collections, occupancy, uh, lease up. So we got really into the weeds with just what was happening on the ground. And through those conversations, we were able to help uh, mitigate a lot of risk for our clients. And you know what we saw uh, in Columbus was Q3 and Q4 transactional volume and velocity definitely uh, increased. Um, The bulk of our transactions for the entire year happened uh, the last six to eight weeks uh, of 2020. Um, So Mm -hmm. when you look at that market, there was a lot of pent up demand. There was still uh, extreme interest in Columbus as a metro, as well as Central Ohio uh, in general. Um, But a lot of folks definitely took the first half of the year to reassess and just um, kind of wait and see. Uh, what the economy was gonna do at large. Uh, we obviously had, you know, health uh, care concerns as well uh, in an election year. So 2020 was an interesting time, um, but we saw Q4 really return back to what our expectation was in terms of uh, activity in the marketplace.
1: Sure, so uh, based on this this last quarter that you had, You've obviously been having a lot of transactions. You've been having a lot of conversations uh, with all the parties involved. What's the sentiment in Columbus uh, entering 2021?
2: The sentiment is extremely strong. So just for reference, um, we brought about $2 billion of outside capital. And this is just speaking about uh, the circle that I know. So, you know, my company, uh, my team, investment dollars coming from outside of the area There's a lot of folks that want to be in this metro. Uh, So uh, there's a lot of outside capital that's chasing yield here in the Columbus uh, area, as well as Northeast Ohio. So we might step back a moment and say, why Columbus? I mean, when you look at this market, um, we're adding 50 people a day to the population. Uh, That's growth that is just unmatched to any other metro uh, in the country. Um, We're the 14th largest city in the entire US. We're about a day's drive from 80% of the U.S. population, um, you know, 500 miles or less to 50% of the population. So people want to be here for a reason. Um, That's why Amazon took uh, such a close look here at the Columbus Metro. Uh, From an infrastructure standpoint, uh, we are well located and the growth speaks to that uh, demand. Um, We're a highly educated population. Uh, Education and healthcare is a big part of our economy as well as professional services and business services, um, transportation and logistics. So Columbus has always been uh, a market where it's been uh, poised for growth. And when you look at just the development, uh, the units completed and delivered, uh, we're up about 12% since 2016 in terms of completions. uh, And we're not having a hard time at all absorbing those units. Uh, So not only are we building at an unbelievable rate, we're also absorbing those units as they come online uh, and we're keeping up with demand. Uh, but I say demand is still right there and um, it's just a heavy place to invest and a lot of capital is chasing, um, chasing this market.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's that's good news for Columbus. Do you think lending is gonna kind of still be in line so that uh, you know the, the deals can keep flowing the way they need to?
2: Absolutely. And multifamily, um, might I say, We saw uh, a pause across multiple asset types early uh, last year, but multifamily has still been um, one of those lending buckets that uh, lending is still very available for multifamily uh, assets, both existing, so stabilized assets, as well as uh, development and new construction. Um, So that, I guess, niche of the market in terms of capital markets and available debt and capital, it's still right there. Now, will we see um, interest rates uh, adjust uh, probably upwards here? Um, and over the last couple of weeks, we've seen that. Uh, I think that trend will continue. But when you look at it historically, I mean, you still you can't borrow um, at a lower rate than you can right now uh, and that we've been able to see over the last couple of years. So um, people ask about the COVID discount. There was no COVID discount. Uh, essentially, because it was offset by historically low rates, so any discount that buyers were hoping to achieve because of COVID, um, when you're still able to achieve long-term debt, you know, uh, low threes in some cases, you know, high twos, uh, still some interest only for certain uh, types of loan products, you just cannot uh, get a better <laughs> a better debt situation uh, when you're buying uh, multifamily assets. Yeah. So that juices the yield. It helps uh, support the compression of cap rates. Um, So it does play hand in hand.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I heard that from pretty much everyone I talked to, like generally speaking, COVID deals just never happened. Everyone was, or not everyone, but a lot of folks were sitting on the sidelines, just waiting, you know, to just kind of release that capital whenever the COVID deal showed up. And yeah, like you said, no one, no one that I know has been able to really take advantage of that at least at scale. So
2: yeah yeah and, and i mean when you look at just the the number of offers that we're receiving i mean we're consistently outpacing you know eight offers per, per listing per deal uh, mm-hmm. some of our recent transactions we exceeded 20 uh, written offers from qualified buyers so when you when you have such low inventory which right now that's the case i mean 2020 we only had uh, as a market uh, just under 100 transactions. And many of those deals were, you know, larger institutional quality transactions. So, you know, your typical 1970s, you know, 48 unit product, that's rare. Uh, And when it comes to market, um, owners and sellers in this time really have an advantage because there is not a lot of inventory right now on the market. Uh, So we're seeing uh, increased activity and interest from the marketplace.
1: Yeah, yeah, very cool. And uh, so for multifamily going forward as an asset class, uh, do you think it keeps pace? Do you think it tapers off? Uh, it's one of those old faithfuls for us, right? Just because of, of what it is. Are you seeing or hearing anything that might, you know, make people think otherwise or?
2: I think there might be an adjustment in terms of value, right? So um, cap uh, cap rate compression has steadily decreased quarter over quarter. Um Market average was somewhere around 6.5, 6.6% uh, market cap rate, um, but you know that range, of course, and that average is is quite skewed. Um, the last deal that our team closed here, we closed at a 4.7 cap. We had multiple offers, and we ended up selling to an exchange buyer uh, outside of the marketplace um, mm-hmm. for uh, distressed product, which there will be um, some owners who uh, have trouble, who have had trouble operating their assets before COVID. Um, as some of the rental assistance uh, programs and third-party uh, organizations taper off, some of that support, um, we'll see what happens with this new stimulus bill. Um, but there is going to be some opportunity uh, for distress in the marketplace. Um, but in terms of why apartments, the last people, the last place people stop, um, you know, paying, and the last bill you stop paying, is the roof over your head, and and where you sleep at night. You know, things like. Retail, uh, discretionary spending. There's a lot of things that you'll cut back, um, but things have to get really, really bad before you um, stop paying um, your rent or your mortgage. Now, I, I know the numbers and the, the news uh, speaks otherwise, uh, and we've certainly seen from a rent tracker standpoint, collections, um, they were above 90%, you know, month after month. We're now starting to see that slightly uh, dip below 90% in terms of uh, rent scheduled versus collected. But still, multifamily, uh, I believe, will remain in high demand and um, a great asset class and a great market to invest in.
1: Are uh, Class B buildings still kind of the sweetheart as they were, I guess, the, this time last year? Or have you seen any change
2: in that? It's funny, right? Class C is, or Class B is uh somewhat of a unicorn right i mean uh in most in most markets you always see you know, class a trophy product new construction uh, and in most cases you see 1970s vintage um, there are few and far product uh, in between in that b sweet spot from a, a property class standpoint um, but i think class c and b will always remain uh, the darling uh, especially if it's product that is newer in construction say 90s or 20, uh, 2000s vintage, um, but on the path of progress. So that's that's the dream deal for most investors is finding, you know, 1990s or uh, 2000s vintage product uh, in a market that may have been a C location, but on the path of progress with development, shifting that market from a C to a B. I mean, that's, that deal is, is a deal all day that's sellable, um, but it's just rare and few between. So yeah. Yeah,
1: so uh, I want to shift gears um, and talk about a, a personal project that I know you have going on. It's very exciting, and I think through the rest of the conversation we can kind of pull from it, and folks will learn a lot. So, sure, you want to say what you have going on?
2: Yeah, so so personally, uh, you know, Chris, you and I speak about this a lot. Just uh, we're both fathers; uh, we have younger children, and uh, just going back to you know our personal relationship, we've had a lot of conversations over coffee about family planning and wealth preservation and creation. Um, so, you know, my family and I, we saw this time as an opportunity to do two things. One, really get in touch with, you know, our new environment being in Ohio. We just moved back to the home state uh, here in April. So we uh, we purchased 28 acres of land uh, about an hour and a half outside of Columbus. Uh, it was something that I wanted to do with my boys to show them, you know, just what ownership means. And, um, my wife and I, uh, as a family, we're, we're gonna develop several cabins on that land, uh, have a retreat destination for our family, um, but also do some really cool things in terms of um, uh, Airbnb uh, type projects. But you know, really it's a passion uh, of showing my children what ownership looks like, uh, going through that process with them. And the location is well located. It's about two hours from, from Pence, uh, Pittsburgh, two hours from Cleveland, Cincinnati, and then an hour and a half from Columbus. Uh, We really think uh, as parents, we see it ourselves. Having a place to go that's an hour and a half away from the house to spend uh, the weekend out in the woods with, uh, you know, family and kind of get away from the city. um, We saw a need. Uh, So so please, you know, follow that project. Uh, It's going to be exciting and uh, we'd love to have you.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That kind of stuff does excite me. You know me well. Um, The legacy aspect, you know, showing your kids firsthand. You know, you and I were looking for deals and buying deals and all that stuff. But when you bring your kids along with you and they get to see that firsthand perspective, that goes, you know, way far beyond what they'll ever learn in a book or, you know, a seminar or something, you know, just going along with your dad as as he's doing X, Y, and Z, it makes all the difference in the world. So
2: yeah. And ownership matters, right? I mean, if 2020 Mm -hmm. didn't teach Uh, us a a lot. It did teach us that um, employment is fragile, health is fragile, um, you know, uh, provision, um, you know, all those things. uh, If you can do anything to just lay a foundation for your family where they may not have to rely on an employer, who knows these kids, they might not want to sell apartment buildings, right? I can teach them how to broker deals. um, But I think the ownership piece is what's most important. So uh, for me, it really is just a passion uh, to show our children, uh, what ownership looks like, and, and how you can actually be a part of it. Um, and also, I've always believed um, since I joined my company and since I started to help owners broker their buildings, I never wanted to be in competition uh, with my local my local client. Um, so I don't buy and sell apartments in my own marketplace. Uh, I really am an advisor. My goal is to help them achieve you know their goals and their objectives with their properties. So for me, this project also is just uh, so outside of the box in terms of what I do in my full-time career uh, that I really feel good about, you know, having some fun in real estate uh, while not, you know, being in conflict with anything that I do on a day-to-day basis.
1: Right, right. So that helps us segue into um, asset allocation. And I want to talk about when someone's building their portfolio, right? Like you have multifamily, now you've got these short-term rentals coming, um, let's talk about the, the role that short-term rentals play in, you know, the larger picture of your legacy of your overall portfolio, right? Like what, uh, what are your thoughts on, on the different strategies that we have available to us now and based on what region of the country you are in or what regions, you know, well, where should you be putting dollars, uh, as far as regions and asset allocations? What are your personal thoughts?
2: Sure. And uh, I guess you have a standard disclaimer about, you know, these are all my opinions. Uh, you know, I'm not giving financial advice. So we're certainly just talking, uh, you know, friend to friend as we would, you know, uh, in, in, in a coffee shop. But, you know, for me and our family, uh, life insurance is a big part of, uh, of, of our wealth preservation and, you know, building um, philosophy. Uh, short-term rentals is a newer part of that. Um, while I don't buy ho- apartments, in certain markets that i broker in uh, i have been in the hospitality sector as an investor as a principal Um, so um, there's several markets uh, in the midwest uh, that i'm actively um, invested in and um, i have some great partners uh, on that in that regard and uh, we still see an opportunity here the window is closing a bit um, but we've been able to get some phenomenal uh, opportunities uh, in terms of helping operators navigate through uh, challenging uh, times as a hotel owner and operator. Uh, so we've forged some really great partnerships. Uh, we've sourced some really great uh, opportunities in, in that regard. So that's an asset uh, that I've allocated um, some time and energy to. Um, but I always believe that affordable housing, uh, be it residential, um, be it on a multifamily side, that's a need that any market has. And in most cases, uh, does not have enough of. So, if I can identify affordable housing uh, in a marketplace, uh, that's definitely something that's always at the top of my um, my radar in terms of opportunity that still has runway and still has room for growth. Um, I don't know if that answered your question directly, um, but that's kind of, of that's, that's what that's what we're thinking about uh, right now for you know our personal uh, plan and family plan.
1: Yeah, yeah, I. Uh... I like to to ask that question every once in a while when I know folks have been been at this for a little while because uh, things change. You know, over time, you might like right now. I'm I'm I've circled back and I'm taking a harder look at single family, for example, um, just for the resilience that I saw last year. So, um, yeah, I mean things change and you, you put different, you know amounts in different buckets and, you know, hope they perform or, you know, are resilient, more resilient than others. And, uh, yeah, always, always curious to get people's thoughts on that. So.
2: At at the risk of going on a bit of a tangent, um, I've been fortunate enough to be around a few friends who also have recently acquired companies. Um, so, um, from that standpoint, I believe in my friends, uh, I believe, and I trust certain people and uh, we're investing some dollars in startups. Um, And then also land, Um, you know, we saw Bill Gates now is the largest, um, you know, farmland owner, I think, in the U.S. Um, So when you read things like that, you can't help but just think like, wow, what is what is going to be scarce or what is currently scarce in terms of availability? And land is is one of those things. Uh, I I don't think he's uh, going out on a limb thinking that land and water uh, might be two things that are uh, necessities for, you know, quite some time. So we're also buying land, um, and then you know, you, you can't ignore what's going on behind the scenes. And this is for me a newer part of the market. But when you look at mortgage notes, um, you know, for cash flow, in most cases, um, I'd rather be the bank and own the note uh, and receive that uh, passive cash flow than own the property. Uh, so uh, note investing is another uh, another thing that. It's important to watch these days, uh, especially as there might be um, a greater need for uh, affordability uh, on the on the private uh, residential mortgage side uh, of the business. So that's another niche that, again, I have great partners, uh, I have great uh, resources, and uh, I'm pouring into to their knowledge bank and tapping into some um, opportunities there as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, all great stuff. The last thing I want to bring up is strategies for brokers. You know, we'll, we'll have uh, some brokers listening to this as well. I want to ask you because I know how great you are at training brokers and, Thank you. you know, a lot of brokers attribute their success to you. So going into 2021, you know, this is national. So I know it's, you know, market by market, but what are some key pivots uh, that you would advise for brokers going into this year?
2: You know, it's funny because, um, it does not vary by market. It does not vary if the market is super hot or or if it's slowing down. Uh, The crux of our business is having a relationship with owners. Um, So that means you have to do it by Zoom. You know, my metric before used to be, you know, five to seven in-person face-to-face meetings per week. That's changed a bit, right? Um, But the root of that business plan still comes down to how many conversations am I having with owners of real estate? How many people am I able to exchange ideas and dialogue with about their business plan? Um, how much value can I add to someone about what else I'm seeing in the marketplace? You know, is uh, occupancy uh, increasing, is it decreasing? Uh, concessions, what type of concessions are, are landlords um, offering in an attempt to, uh, to draw uh, demand and activity uh, to their product and to their building? that's what brokerage is. It's about having conversations. And the more conversations I can have, the more effective of an advisor I can be. Um, So um, values may go up and down depending on the market. Um, Activity may stall for a bit. It may increase. Um, But for brokers um, in your audience, I would just say uh, any seasoned broker knows that it comes down to conversations and just touches. And you you won't always get the business. Um, I certainly can speak to that. You know, I'm in a newer market. Uh, I just moved to um, Columbus back in April, so I moved during a uh, a global health crisis. Uh, I moved from a market which is DC that I was in for 15 years, and you know, guess what? Um, you know, by just sticking to those basic fundamentals of having conversations, uh, we now launched two deals uh, that are on the market now. Over 200 units um, in Central Ohio. Um, BOVs, in terms of activity from owners, Uh, we're underwriting a lot of deals. There's still a lot of interest from owners to have conversations and just explore their options. So, um, to the brokers, I would say have conversations with people. Um, Every day you should be talking to at least five new people. And then to the owners in your audience, I would say um, my team and I would love to have a conversation with you. Um, Let's walk through your portfolio. Uh, let's trade and compare notes about what others are doing. And um, I just invite you to have a conversation because right now, knowledge is power. And that's what we find the most successful operators. Uh, they're willing to talk and willing to have these conversations with others.
1: So how do folks uh, get a hold of you if, if they want to have a conversation?
2: Sure. Uh, LinkedIn is my um, most accessible uh, platform. So I would say, um, please uh, send me a message on LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Uh, Instagram, I don't, I don't follow it closely, um, but it's a good way to directly contact me, mdrain1911. Um, it's mdrain is my last name, 1911. Uh, but follow me there because uh, as we go on this journey uh, with this project, uh, out in the sticks, out in the woods, mm-hmm. uh, you can definitely track the progress there and, uh, and see what we're up to. So uh, that's a great way to get a hold of me. And also, Chris, I'll give you a link uh, You know, for the uh, show notes if people want to schedule this time to talk uh, on my calendar. We can do that too.
1: Sounds great. Yeah. I'll put all those down in the show notes. People can find it there. Well, Matt, thanks again. This has been uh, really, really great, very informative. Uh, I think folks will get a lot of value out of it. Appreciate it.
2: That's great. Thanks for having me, Chris. And uh, i really excited to, to hear the next podcast too.
1: Absolutely. We'll talk soon. Bye.
2: All right.
0: Thank you for listening to another episode of Skyline views with Chris Mills. We hope you found this valuable and useful. Feel free to share it with friends or family that could benefit as well. Please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss anything. We really appreciate it. Also, we'd love to hear from you. Connect with us through thehaneycompany.com. See you next time. The information provided in this episode is not intended as specific tax or legal advice and may not be relied upon for purposes of avoiding any federal tax penalties. Skyline Views, The Haney Company, their employees and representatives are not authorized to give tax or legal advice. Individuals are advised to seek advice from their own tax or legal counsel. Individuals involved in the estate planning process should work with an estate planning team, including their own personal legal or tax counsel. The information provided here does not constitute personal financial advice, but is meant for the conveyance of information for educational purposes only. All investing involves risk, including the risk of loss. Past performance is not indicative of future returns. Guarantees are backed by the claims paying ability of the insurer. Christopher Mills is a registered representative of Coastal Equities Incorporated and an investment advisor representative of Coastal Investment Advisors Incorporated. Neither Coastal Equities Incorporated nor Coastal Investment Advisors Incorporated is affiliated with Skyline Views or the Haney Company. Advisory services are offered through Coastal Investment Advisors Incorporated, a U.S. SEC registered investment advisor, and securities are offered through Coastal Equities Incorporated. Member FINRACIPIC, 1201 North Orange Street, Suite 729, Wilmington, Delaware, 19801.